Thank you for listening to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. This is episode 92. I am your host, Ed Moore. I post the episodes on Facebook on the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page. BigTimeNoise.com slash Ronin Rabbit is the website. You can tweet at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L, on Twitter. And the email address, UsagiPodcast at gmail.com. The book this episode, Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 18 from Dark Horse Comics, February 1998. The story, Grass Cutter Chapter 4, Noriyuki and Tomoe. Uh, they play a pretty pivotal uh, point, as does a gentleman from several issues back named Ikita, who is a Gaishu retainer. Uh, Lord Aramura indeed proves pivotal. Kotetsu, uh, Ryoko, Kiko, Jay, Inazuma, they all play parts. Gentlemen we haven't seen in several issues. Senshobo shows up. He's the former general, now monk. Usage and Genosuke. Uh, and something interesting, I'm going to have to start keeping track of these, maybe even go back. But uh, Lord Noriyuki's castle is the White Heron Castle. Well, this issue we find out that Kotetsu's castle is the Steel Lion Castle. Uh, so I, now that I, I see, or I can remember, at least multiple names coming up, I need to go back and start looking and seeing. M- maybe early on when we visited Lord Hikiji, uh, he, his castle was named too. I, I don't recall off the top of my head, but I'll be interested to go back and look. And I'm going to just make a personal little list of these castles. Uh, I find those references interesting. So we open the story a two-thirds page panel of uh, Tomoyame atop a horse, several retainers behind her, spears and um, banners denoting the Gaishu clan in the air behind her, trees and a mountain, and a bird flying going call, call as well. She's told by one of the lesser retainers that Lord Noriyuki wishes to speak to her, and in doing so, he expresses his concern that they are moving very slowly. She acquiesces and agrees. Uh, also, she's noticed that most of the entourage that they have are not military, and what military are there look to be ceremonial military and not the hardened shogun fighters she would have approved guarding Lord Noyuki. Now we find out that Lord Aramura has indicated that the true fighters, the veterans, the rest of the entourage, will meet at a waypoint just inside the Gaishu clan's territory before they exit into other clans' territory. He says this repeatedly as Tomoe brings up issues with him. We can see that the two are not getting along. Well, in her frustration, Tomoe rides on ahead, uh, maybe to scout things, maybe just to get away and blow off some steam, who knows. But she runs up ahead and finds that a Tokagi has been spooked back towards her and back towards the oncoming entourage on the road, meaning that the Tokagi feels it's safer to run that way than where it was. Well, she notices the vegetation, there are reeds surrounding both sides of the road. She suddenly turns her horse, starts riding back, screaming, protect the Lord, protect Lord Noriyuki. Several of the ceremonial soldiers uh, make fun of her, only to be chopped down in a hail of arrows as a group of bad guys, we don't know, bandits, 
ruffians. We don't know what they are. Uh, they're certainly not dressed like samurai. Uh, jump out of the weeds and start attacking. Several pages, many panels of uh, um, Tomoe defending Noriyuki. Uh, one set of panels even shows Lord Aramura attacking her, indicating that he, in, in, he indeed is responsible for this. Ultimately, Tomoe does grab up uh, Noriyuki, puts him on the back of her horse, and rides off, only for the final blow to be Noriyuki taking an arrow to the shoulder. Not the knee, took an arrow to the shoulder. So he'll, he'll be okay. He'll be able to continue as he's doing. We cut to the steel lion castle of Lord Kotetsu. Um, three days on now, looking for the sword, and they have not found it. So Kotetsu's patience is wearing thin. He goes to Ryoko. She says, no matter, we will have him sooner rather than later. Kitanomono is on the trail. No one can evade him. We also find out that this creature is her familiar, so that I was wondering what the relationship was. We then cut to the monastery where Sanshobo has set up shop and is trying to live the peaceful life. This is where Jay and Keiko take Inazuma for further treatment. Cut next to Kitanomono as he is uh, narrowing down where Usagi is. We see a group of Kotetsu's men waylay Usagi. Usagi dispatches them rather quickly. Uh, several panels, 6, 10, 11 panels, and he's gotten rid of like 14 or 15 guys. Questions the last one right before he dies and gets the word uh, Kotetsu out of the man as far as who's responsible, who keeps sending them. Usagi remembers. He says his name was on the conspiracy document to overthrow the Shogun. Far-fetched as it sounds, could I be caught up in a plot to reinstate the power of the Emperor? And then he considers the sword, which has been bundled, and he's thrown the bundle on his back. Then this truly must be Kusanagi no Surugi, the grass-cutting sword. But what should I do with it? And next is a moral uh, conundrum for him. If he turns it into the Shogun, it will give the Shogun ultimate power. If he turns it into the Emperor, the Emperor will have ultimate power. If he gives it to Lord Noriyuki, he is loyal to the Shogun, so hence above. The people is who should have this, and he, he bemoans the fact, why do I have it? So he's not really sure what he's going to do, but he does know that he needs to get out of sight of Kotetsu's agents uh, because they're trying to kill him. So that's the first matter at hand. After his musings, or maybe interrupting his musings, is an attack by Kitanamono jumping out of the woods. Usagi really doesn't stand a chance because Kitanamono more or less is a demon. Uh, is is my impression of him being a familiar. I thought familiars were typically animals, uh, but this one does not look like any terrestrial animal I've ever seen. So uh, Kitanamono runs off with the sword, Usagi following. Uh, When this happens, Ryoko gets a message from her familiar that it does indeed have the sword and relays this to a much-relieved Kotetsu, knowing that his plan will soon come to fruition. We cut next to Genosuke, who is tracking Usagi. He comes upon the Kutatsu, Kotetsu horde that Usagi just dispatched, uh, finding the bodies to be fresh, so he knows he is 
uh, getting closer and closer to Usagi now. We know, though, that Usagi has kind of taken off running, so it will be that much later before uh, Genosuke is able to catch up. Our final vignette of the story is Lord Noriyuki Tomoyame. Uh, He has this arrow in his shoulder, the back of his shoulder, and it's starting to wear on him. He's starting to become less and less um, conscious. Tomoe realizes that the horse also is in dire straits, so it cannot bear them anymore, but it can still be used. She sets it off as a decoy, hides in the rushes with Lord Noriyuki until the um, Kotetsu mob that is pursuing them passes. So she wanders, uh, finds a farmhouse, and asks the farmer for help for his lord, because they are still in the Gaishu province. Maybe not by much, but they're still in the province. And we find that this peasant um, is rather um, not respectful of Lord Noriyuki, nor his power. And as he turns, we find that this uh, gentleman is Aikida, the... Uh, person who, or the uh, uh, general who was responsible for leading a a rebellion against Lord Noriyuki's father, which failed, and he decided to, after the failed attempt, in order to survive, all the still living participants faded into the background of normal peasant life to bide their time, and when the time came and the revolutionaries, insurgents, whatever you want to call them, were rounded up. Uh, Aikida refused because he had made a life for himself and he no longer wanted that martial life. He wanted the life of a farmer. And so now we find him, and I suppose the story is going to put him in a place to once again or to finally make the decision as to whether or not he is, uh, you know, the, a, a peasant of the Gaishu clan or other. So we will wait and see uh, what his decision turns out to be. If not, if he decides to cause problems, that will be yet another storyline or or plot complication in this grass-cutter story, which is rather far-ranging. The only word that I ran across was Tono, and it wasn't even defined because we have seen it so many times. Well, now that I think about it, that wasn't the only word. Shogun was there, but we definitely know that word by now. So, as these words pop up more and more frequently, they are not used as defined words or words needing definition in the story. They are parts of the story. They are the natural words that are used. So, I like how they're being transitioned from the we need to explain this to the you've seen this so often you now know. That's cool. That that kind of adds to the uh, livingness of the story that it that that we live with it and, and grow with it as it advances. This is only issue eighteen. Um, Usagi is in the one low one sixties, I think, or mid one sixties at this point. So, uh, in eighty or ninety issues, we have grown quite a bit with eh, about double that still to go until we reach current. Alright guys, that's everything from me. Usagi Ojimbo Volume 3, Issue 19, dated March 1998, is up next. The next uh, Grass Cutter chapter. Talk to you guys then. Ciao.
The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.